Welcome to Silk Road Talent Talk. My name is Andrew Kuba, and I am here today with Charlene Lobby. She is the author of HR Bartender. She's a frequent contributor to Silk Road's blogs, webinars, and also user conferences. Charlene, welcome. So today we want to start out talking about agile performance and goal setting. You'd recently done a webinar with us that we'll have a link to, but some questions came out of that webinar that we would like to address, especially making that shift from traditional performance management to a more agile one. That's something that a lot of companies have been doing, Adobe, Accenture, Microsoft, but that is something that I think most people are still wary about and it's still kind of seen as a trend and it's very hard to move out of your traditional performance management paradigms. So what would be at stake for those who haven't made that shift from traditional performance management to agile? I think that one of the things that we have to recognize as business pros is the way we do business today is very, very different than the way we did business, you know, five years ago, ten years ago. And because business is different, a lot of our processes need to change along with it. On some level, I think what's really a shame in the performance appraisal conversation is we're kind of making out performance appraisals to be evil in some respects, and, and and I don't know that that's the case. I mean, we can just simply say that the evolution of business is requiring us to evolve uh, the performance appraisal, and I think when you look at business today, you know, specifically talking about um, the qualities of agile, um, I think that it, it only makes sense um, to look at having a performance appraisal process or a performance feedback process that sort of mirrors the way we do business today. That's true. The nature of work today has changed. There's more and more workers who are remote, who are contract laborers. It's not even the same as it was you know, in the 80s and those old management practices are now we have the information on like Jack Welsh's rank and yank system. And so now new research has come just because it's been around for so long that 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 type of performance management was disastrous. And it is kind of following that natural evolution of business. So uh, is it more of a question of, of if you are still using traditional management process, are you getting left behind? And what kinds of companies really need to implement agile? Which one, which one I guess well, is agile going to be most beneficial for? I, I think that, um, I think look at it this way. Um, when we think about training, um, you know, one of the things that's happening in the training environment is that long, um, longer programs, you know, the programs that used to last a day or two days or three days long are being replaced with shorter programming. You're seeing a real trend towards micro-learning, um, just-in-time learning where a person can get the information that they need right at the moment that they need it. Um, well, think about Agile in sort of the same way. Um, you know, a process that used to take a long period in time now can be broken into um, different milestones throughout the year um, where you can have different conversations going on with employees all the time. Um, so I think from that standpoint, when you kind of look at some of the other things that are happening in the business world, you can say it only makes logical sense um, to try to apply some of this philosophy 
to um, to performance management as well. Yeah. So did that trend start in learning? The the short like you micro know, learning and you know I don't know where the trend started. Um, I I do know you know even thinking back you know years um, performance appraisals because they're a very administrative process. Um, I think have always had a little bit of gosh, I hate to use the word dread, but it was that time of year, you know, where a lot of paper is getting, um, is changing hands. So I do believe that while there have been some other trends that have taken place, maybe it's just this convergence of all these things at the same time, you know, um, HR um, technology solutions um, are really very well equipped to um, be a um, alternative to um, the pen and paper review process. At the same time, people are saying, I would like to have more feedback on a more consistent uh, basis. And, you know, so maybe there's just been this convergence. I wish I could say that there was one thing. And if there is, I apologize. I don't know what it is. Um, yeah, yeah. It just kind of seems like there's, it just kind of seems like there's been this convergence of um, the technology is there to support it. People are saying that they want it. Um, businesses are moving really fast. Um, so it just seems like now is the right time to address that particular process and and I think that that was yeah uh, the the real thing that I was getting at too um, I was just curious to see if there was maybe something definitive there but I know that organizations have been looking at the way they trained employees for so long because performance management has largely been ignored it was seen as important but it was mostly just this giant time drain and, and cost suck but their companies have been really studying how do people learn? What's the best way to train their employees? Because that's can be seen as a, a revenue gaining part of, of HR. And when you're training your employees at this year's Connections, I was sitting in on David Winter's talk on how people forget like 90% of what they hear in a training seminar in that first, in the first three months. And so that this, this sit down classroom style, long term training wasn't working out and then that's why a lot of training programs have gone more towards agile and goal setting and it seems like agile performance was next to follow but they may have even been coming at the same time but it's that it's that it's hard to even as a manager to sit down at the end of the year and think about how every person in your team did you know 11 months ago but getting this constant feedback allows you to look for course corrections allows you to be in a sense agile allows you to see problems before they become problems and allows you to help employees be better employees well and and take that i mean i know a lot of of, of the conversation about performance appraisals is to maybe make sure that people are on track but think about you know the the 
forward-thinking part of the performance appraisal process as well. So, you know, we take this back and we say, okay, here's what happened. But I think that the real value in the performance conversation is to sort of say, okay, this is what's happened, but let's talk about where we want to go. And, you know, if you have those conversations on a more frequent basis, can you make sure that people keep heading in the right direction versus versus making sure that what happened before doesn't happen again. Uh, you know, I've always been this kind of, this of the thought that employees know what they did. What they want to hear is what they're going to do. And that forward thinking piece of the performance appraisal process is really what is so valuable in the process. So I think a lot of organizations don't want to eliminate the process and maybe you had asked a couple of questions ago about why aren't people jumping on board. They're, I, maybe they're trying to figure out what's happening with that particular piece. You know, the, hey, I want to know what I'm going to be able to do in six months or, or nine months or a year from now. You know, what's my future with the organization? Yeah, and that and that is too, it's a different way of thinking that you brought up. It's a lot more proactive than, than reactive, which it has usually been in the past. Yeah, I mean, you know, Think about it. I mean, who wants to sit in a meeting for an hour hearing everything that they've done over the past year? Right. I mean, they were there. They know. Yeah, <laughs> you know, right, they, yeah. They know what they've done. Yeah, they know what they've done. Yeah, absolutely. So in order to, if you are looking to build an agile performance system in your organization, who, who are the most important players in that process and who do you need to get involved right from the get-go? I hate answering questions with everybody, but I think this is one of those things because performance sort of touches everyone, I think eventually you're going to have to get everyone's buy-in to the process. Now, I've seen some processes in the past where, you know, we always talk about from a human resources perspective to go out there and get senior leadership buy-in, but senior leadership does not do as many performance evaluations as line managers. Right. So I have to say, I think that the people you're trying to get to buy into a new process is the management team because they're the ones that are going to be impacted by it the most. And who are going to be doing it every day. And they're the ones who are responsible for making sure that the goals are on track, that people are set up. That and also, yeah, they're the ones looking forward, knowing what they can do in the next couple months to forward the company's goals. Because if you created a new system, and and you guys know this, if you were to go in and put in a solution that managers turned around and said didn't improve on the process, um, then you then you just created one level of frustration for another. So right. as you're looking at a new method, you know, in Agile, uh, you want to turn around and say, this is this is how it's going to make your life easier and you're going to get a better result. Yeah, exactly. So what would be the best way for HR to empower those line managers to create that culture of constant feedback and start moving towards Agile performance? How do you introduce that new system and support them? I think there are two things. First of all, managers have to feel like they get effective feedback. So when we talk about managers giving employees feedback, managers themselves need to be getting good feedback from the 
their boss. This is an opportunity for when I became a manager for the first time, how my manager treated me was a real indicator of how I was going to move forward. Because, you know, when she did things that were really awesome, I wanted to sort of pay that forward to the people who reported to me. Um, so I think that the first thing is managers have to give good feedback. They need to know what good feedback is and what it looks like. They need to get it on a regular basis. Feedback should definitely be a part of the culture, not just this thing that gets done and you check it off of a list. But then I think the second piece of that is to give managers training on how to deliver effective feedback. You know, we often promote the most technically competent person into a management position, but we don't always give them the tools that they need in order to be successful. So I think that this just comes along with becoming a manager and using it as an opportunity to say, this is how you deliver effective feedback. Now, I will say that some people, as part of this change into an agile performance management system, are also looking at things like real-time feedback and saying, instead of just placing the responsibility totally on a manager to provide effective feedback to an employee, why don't we empower everyone to be in a position where they can provide feedback to one another? So, you know, that's a little bit more broad, I mean, you know, than your question. I mean, from the standpoint of what can we do for managers, um, we can make sure managers know how to give good feedback. But from a broader perspective, maybe we take that wide and say, let's make sure that every employee knows how to give each other feedback. Right, exactly. And create, like creating open communication and feedback, especially between teams and employees, can be just as beneficial as a manager to an employee. And, and I, think, I feel like that's something that you really have to build into the culture of an organization, that communication is important, that, I mean, even writing guidelines for feedback or even doing micro-training on how to give feedback for managers and employees alike can be beneficial in an organization. You know, we're talking about performance management. You know, one of the things managers should be doing in their one-on-ones with employees is asking employees, you know, what can I do to help you be successful. That whole performance conversation should be a two-way street. And if employees know how to deliver good feedback, then they can give the manager feedback about the their current performance. And that can sometimes be, you know, you were talking about peer-to-peer performance being just as valuable, if not more valuable than from your manager. Think about um, getting that kind of terrific feedback from the people who report to you. Exactly. And that's only going to be able to, to help whatever it is that you do. Is usually the more feedback you're getting, the better. And also making sure that your management and your employees are open to receiving that feedback as well. I think that you bring up a good point about employees being able to deliver feedback and being able to receive it. You know, when we talk about delivering feedback, that is such an important part of the process. You know, not just, you know, here, I've given you feedback, but that we need to make sure that people are open to receiving it at the same time. Right. 
in HR, it's definitely been a focus on training people how to give feedback, but I don't, I don't really know if there's too many training programs out there that talk about how to receive the feedback that you're given and, and what to do with it as well. But I think that's a different topic for a different podcast. <laughs> yeah, we'll save that for another podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that has more to do with, you know, like self-esteem and, <laughs> and everything else. So what would be the best practices, though, going back to, to, to goal setting and giving effective feedback? What are some of the best practices that you can use to align your individual or team goals to organizational goals in the context of an open agile culture for anyone who's implementing an agile performance system? One of the things that I'm hearing more and more about is the idea that when we set goals, that we have to educate individuals on not only their goals, but the team goals at the same time. You used to work in the hotel industry, and one, and one of the things that we always had to do was for sales managers. You know, there are only so many rooms in a hotel. So the sales managers not only had to work on their individual goals, but they had to be cognizant of the team goal because there would be points in time where maybe one sales manager, you know, two sales managers bring a piece of business to the table at the same time, and the organization had to decide, okay, we don't have enough hotel rooms to go, so which group are we going to accept? And, you know, so from that standpoint, understanding not only your goals, but understanding how your goals fit into the overall team is very, very important. I have a tendency to think of it as the concept of cascading um, your goals throughout the organization. So uh, let's. I want to go in a little bit deeper on on cascading goals. What is that, and what's a good way to to implement something like that? I know you worked in the hotel industry. That's something that has a it's a perishable product because every day you have an empty room. That means that yes. you're yeah you're losing money. So there's obviously a need for everyone to to contribute and sell. So how did how does cascading goals? What's a good way to bring those into your performance management systems? The way that I think of cascading goals is is the, um like this: the company's goals become the department's goals, and department goals become manager goals, and manager goals become employee goals. So the idea is that you can see this line sort of cascading down the organization to say, this goal, you know, is broken this way, and then these people will do it, and that kind of thing. Because then, actually, when you think about it, performance management works in the opposite way. When employees accomplish their goals, then managers accomplish their goals, then departments accomplish their goals, and organizations accomplish their goals. So, I mean, that's sort of how the process works to me. And when you talk about performance management, not only are you talking about goals that maybe didn't get accomplished, and sometimes there are perfectly logical reasons that goal doesn't get accomplished. Maybe the organization shifted their um, focus. You know, we thought we were going to be doing X in Q4 and something happened and we're not doing it anymore. So an employee doesn't accomplish their goals. And during a performance review process, you might say, hey, we know why you didn't accomplish that particular goal. But then on the other hand, there might be um, new goals that were accomplished or new goals that need to be set. You know, one of the 
big advantage that I see to an agile process is when you do have those last minute shifts and they happen to every business. Um, you do have those last minute shifts, then the organization can go through and say, we know that this was supposed to be your focus, but however, this is the new goal now. And what's great is from an employee perspective, I can see how the things that I'm doing every day impact the organization. And that is such an important piece for an employee to have in order to do what they feel is effective work is knowing exactly how it impacts the organization as a whole. And it, you know, I know we, you know, have a tendency to think of engagement as a buzzword, but that's how I truly get engaged with the business. I can see how when I come in and I work every day, the things that I'm accomplishing benefit the overall organization. That's what makes me stay. I like the things that I'm working on and I can see how they benefit the company, then I, I draw that connection and, and I say, hey, you know, I feel connected what I do here. The work I do is very valuable. And you're, and you're making a direct impact. Exactly. And, and that's something that can even get shielded a lot in traditional performance appraisals, that it's so focused on what happened over the year and, and everything that happened in the past, these little minutiae. But going forward, it's hard to know what your effect is going to have at this point now. True. And, and the length of time. Right. You know, if you only talk to me once a year, it's really, it, it, you can lose focus. Even if you're doing very easily. Yeah. And even if you're doing like great things for your organization, you're only finding out about it from the top level once a year or maybe twice a year. Exactly. When you're missing out on all those little steps that you could be engaged continuously throughout the year. So, you know, we talked at the beginning of our time together um, about how fast businesses think. But business is moving that quickly, then in order for them to be competitive, they've got to have the ability to sort of turn on a dime, if you will. You know, they've got to be in a position to react to what's happening in the market. And that means they've got to be in a position to change goals quickly and refocus everyone in the organization. And so I can see things like cascading goals and agile working together to uh, shift the organization quickly on those moments when that needs to happen. Absolutely. And, and that's going to be at the big point. So going back to we were talking about earlier with the cascading goals, even though managers and employees will be the people who are directly looking at agile performance the most, the executive team, it's still imperative that the executive team is involved in that process and that the goals that they are setting are being met through that process as well and in a way that they can track it if they need to make changes and you know identify strengths or weaknesses in that system. So it's kind of like every other HR process. It's still very important that the C-suite is involved in this process. Absolutely. So if you if you're working in HR and you want to make this this shift from traditional to agile, a lot of companies aren't getting rid of their traditional performance methods a little bit because it's hard to get 
buy-in from the CFO and the CEO at times that this that this big change is absolutely is worth it. So what is the best way that HR can do to sell that? I think there's a two-pronged approach. Um, one of the things that I'm really happy to see right now is that there's this acknowledgement that when you sell something, you know, when you're trying to get buy-in organizationally uh, for what it is you want to do, that there's we used to only talk about the data. And I agree, I think the data is important. Um, I think that there are lots of opportunities to go out there on a regular basis and show senior leadership what the data has, you know, what the trends are. You know, I know Silk Road has some ROI ebooks that people can refer to if they don't have metrics that they're currently using within the organization. Um, also, some calculators that are available to people. So, if you're trying to sell a new idea to senior leadership, there are definitely tons of resources out there that allow you to calculate that return on investment. But I think one of the things that I'm really happy to see right now is that there's also an emphasis on being able to tell the story. And so I think if you can tell the story and then back the story up with numbers, um, you get the best of both worlds. Um, there are managers and leaders within the organization. They like to go around and tell the story. Um, some managers like to go and show the numbers, and some of them like to tell the story. And I'm glad to see that we're getting to the point where we can put both of those things together for maximum impact, you know, tell the story and then show that the numbers back up the story. Um, and I think that that's a very effective way to get senior management buy-in. And I think that's effective for getting buy-in from anyone, even from employees, from managers, when you're trying to get them to implement this program too, is telling the story. That's something that it seems like HR increasingly is, they're going to have to become better storytellers because it's so important in recruiting. It's so important in onboarding and the employees first 100 days in your organization that they understand the culture, the story, they understand the why, like why the organization is doing this and, and what they stand for. And even when it comes to performance management too, it's, it is going to be, I completely agree, selling that story and, and then backing it up with the numbers. I totally agree, but I'm really glad that we're just having the conversation um, that storytelling is being considered. You know, there was a point in time where, you know, it was it was all about the numbers. And, you know, I like numbers. Don't get me wrong. I, I you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of justifying numerically um, what it is that you are trying to do and speaking the language of yeah. business. Numbers um, are and I think that even when you talk, I love numbers. Um, and I think even when you tell the story, it's okay to tell the story and talk about numbers. Um, but I think you want to bring those two pieces together for maximum impact. And I think you're right. You can do the same thing if you're trying to sell the employees on a new program that you want to implement within the organization and say, you know, here's the story and here are the numbers and, you know, here's the case for you to buy into it. And and there is a kind of danger with just leading with pure numbers, especially I think when you're talking to a CEO and a CFO. And this is something that we had talked about off the mic outside of the, the podcast, that if you come with just the, the numbers of, hey, this is how much money I'm going to save, this is how much time 
we're going to save as well that you were telling me that that makes the CEO and the CFO usually think headcount that, oh, you're doing a lot less so we can reduce headcount. Yeah. And and sometimes the answer isn't to totally think about headcount. So, you know, you have to be careful when you put something out there and you just say, hey, you know, I'm going to save you a kajillion dollars um, because people are trying to figure out what to do with a kajillion dollars. And it isn't you know, if you have shareholders you need to answer to or you have something else, um, you know, it's possible um, that that money will not, those savings will not go in the direction that you thought. Um, at least that's been my experience. Um, you know, sometimes when you say, I'm going to save you X amount of dollars, and you think that you're going to get that X amount of dollars to do something else, then somebody might inform you otherwise. <laughs> well, yeah. It, and, well, I mean, it, but it's it's something that, I mean, it happens in every organization when the Illinois for example introduced like the lottery that they said it was to fund education it turned out education wasn't getting more money they were just taking the money that was coming in from other avenues out of education and replacing it with the lottery money so that's a perfect example right and 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 that hap- and that's going to happen anywhere so part of selling the story is going to be what you have to have an answer for that void. It's like nature abhors a vacuum. If you ha- save a bunch of money and you have a bunch of time, what are some things that if I'm talking to a CFO or a CEO, I'm going to say, hey, with this extra time and money, we, we can put it in this. This is the program that we can, we can build. I think it goes back to some of the conversation that we were having at the beginning. You know, we were talking about training, we were talking about implementing real-time feedback. You know, there might even be some opportunities to to create some employee development. But those are things that if you take some of your savings and you make that investment back into the organization, now what you're doing is you're creating an opportunity for employees to set stronger goals, which if they create stronger goals, you know, that cascading impact, you have the ability then to say to the organization, we'll be able to accomplish more from an organizational level because we have a different level of edge strength, you know, within the organization. You know, one of the things that I've heard the Association for Talent Development the Public Policy Council did a white paper recently where they were talking about the fact that organizations are very concerned about the skills gap, and they're very concerned not, I don't want to say they're not concerned about STEM, but one of their growing concerns is the middle skills gap, and they're talking about um, character uh, skills in that middle level range of soft skills like problem solving and decision making and supervisory skills that they feel are not getting the kind of attention that they deserve. And they're concerned that they cannot deliver. I think the number was something like 87% of respondents said that they were concerned that they could not deliver the next piece of business because they don't have the talent to do it. That's a pretty big number. And, you know, so when you talk about creating opportunities, are there opportunities to take and bring that back into learning and development so that you can um, increase the skill set of your employees? And and that's a big reason, I think, you know, nothing goes to me more hand in hand than performance management and learning. Those two mm-hmm. bounce off each other so much and and to the point where you know now we're taking similar approaches to to both of them and 
You can use your agile performance systems to understand where those skill gaps are coming from, who you believe has those skill gaps, but then you can also use it to find people who don't, who might be ready to take a role that you need those soft skills in order to position your company better, to hit your goals better. So there's there's so much back and forth between that. And, and now you can use Agile to create the organization that you need that is malleable enough to withstand all those changes. So is there anything else that we may have missed that you wanted to talk about today? You know, the one thing that I would add before we kind of wrap up our time together is that one of the things that organizations, you know, if they're looking to develop skills, they might want to think about those self-managing principles or those self-managing skills as a way to boost the skill set of their employees. So, you know, for example, problem solving, decision making, consensus building, change management, those are all skills that employees at every level of the organization will benefit from. And so there's a real opportunity to bring those in and make sure that everyone has the opportunity to, whether it's a refresher or you've heard Um, but there's a real opportunity to sort of invest in your employees that way. Yeah, I completely agree. Charlene Lobby, thank you so much for joining us today on Silk Road Talent Talk. Where can we find you online? You can find me online at hrbartender.com. All right. And is there anything else that you have coming up that you would like to to plug? You know what? Um, We have meaning me and Silk Road, have a webinar coming up next month on manager onboarding. It's being uh, hosted by Training Magazine. Hopefully people will check it out. Yeah, and if you come back here later in October, we'll have the links for you to register. And so once again, Charlene, thank you so much for being on Talent Talk today. Thank you. Have a great day.